You know, as we as we sing today, um, I, we're going to talk about prayer. I think that's appropriate. Do you guys think that's a great idea? As tomorrow is 21 days of fasting and prayer as we jump in, um, I really sense that even during praise and worship, that you guys, God is stirring us to higher levels of faith in ourselves. That we don't just show up at church on a Sunday and walk through the motions of singing songs. Because if, if you reflect on the lyrics, right, that we just sang, that's ridiculous. What we were singing. And God is going, do you believe me? Do you actually believe that that's true? And I sense that some of you, I just want to take a moment to pray before I get into a message about prayer. But I wanted to take a moment to pray because I sense that some of you come into worship and you maybe sing the songs, but you don't necessarily believe that God can do that for you. You don't necessarily believe that that is true in your life, that, you know, the tide will turn as you pray, that even though the fight calls, even though you have to stand into those places, you're not necessarily sure that it means that for you, maybe for your neighbor, maybe for someone else. But I feel like God is saying, hey, I want to gift you some more faith right now. Some faith to believe that that is true. And I want to pray for some of you that are in a place. See, faith is, you know when you do the gift tests, faith is my number one. I literally am one of those people, I'm like, God can do anything. And people are like, you're annoying, be quiet. No, but I really do. I really believe he can do anything. He can turn any tide. He can reconcile anything. He can heal any heart. He can heal any part of our body that needs healing. And I really, really believe that. And I just want to pray over you this morning. If you're going, you know what? I want to step into this year with a faith like that. Not sitting back, but leaning in. And if there are some of you that are going, you know what? I am done looking at my neighbor going, I think that word is for them and not for me. If you're going, I would love to step into this year with a different level of faith. If that's you, just put your hands up in the air. Okay. So keep them up. Put both hands in the air. Surrender it all. Some of you, like literally, not like half of it. No, all of it. Okay, put your hands out to receive it. I'm going to pray over you. Every hand that is raised. Father, I impart faith. I ask that you would give them gifts and new levels of faith to believe that you can turn any tide, that you can heal any body, that you can calm any storm, that you can reconcile anything, that you can shrivel up any cancer and cause it to die, that you can heal any disease, any name, every name is below the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that we would be a people that have a faith like never before. Stir up the gift. It says stir up the gift that is already within you. See, we have to stir it so now we lift our hands and surrender saying, God, we will stir it up. We will not sit back. We will not wait for you to do something. God, we say we are in 100%, both hands in the air. We surrender in our human means and we ask for you to move. So God, I pray that on the upper west side, we will not be bursting at the seams because it's a great thing to do, but because our levels of faith are laying hands on people in the subways and seeing them healed, that we are in the workplace sharing the gospel and people are coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and we cannot contain what you want to do in our lives and in the lives of those around us. We pray that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done here on the Upper West Side and in our spheres of influence as it is in heaven. God, that your will wouldn't just stay in heaven, but it would be released on earth through us. So we surrender to you and ask that it would be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm crazy. And I just love being crazy for God. And so, Father, we just give you this time. Father, I pray that we would not just be equipped and hear the word, but that we would be activated to move forward with it. That we would watch and pray. That we would be on our knees. That we would seek your face. That we would humble ourselves and turn from our ways. And that you would heal our land and heal our lives and heal our families. God, this is not a game that we're playing. This is our one shot. This is our time where we are on earth with breath in our lungs. And may we give every breath to you, God. So take this time and mold it as you will. But transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys ready? Ready for the word of Rich? Thank you. How good's Rich? Rich. So soothing. <laughs> so grateful. And I'm really excited about this word this morning because tomorrow does start our 21 days of fasting prayer. I'm actually going to be funny and move the furniture up here, be, get comfortable. But my, my, my hope and prayer, as I said, is 
Not that we would just hear the word, not that we would just be equipped, that we would be stirred to fast and to pray. Maybe you've heard about fasting and praying and you've always thought, you know what, that is for people that are not me. (laughs) That's for somebody else. I'm not really sure that I can do that. And I love, even on the drive here, our kiddos were talking about different things that they want to fast. And I was just making sure that they understood fasting so they're not like just giving something up. I was like, so what do you do when you are fasting that thing that matters to you? They're like, you take that time and you give it to God. I was like, all right. So we take our earthly desires and move them aside and we press into God. And so I'm praying that you will be equipped and activated. See, we believe here at Liberty Church, we desire for you to follow Jesus, that you would follow him in all of his ways, including fasting and prayer. So I'm going to equip you on this Sunday. See, Sundays are our equipping place where then we go out and do and live the word of God, equipping the saints, which you are, to go and do the work of the ministry Monday through Saturday, right? So we come here to gather, to be equipped so we can get out there and do the work of the ministry. And that's my prayer this morning, that you would follow Jesus in all of his ways and that you would be equipped in prayer and fasting this morning. I hope you're stirred up. I hope you're excited. Actually, if you haven't planned on on doing the, the fast, I pray that you would sign up right after this service is over and be a part of it because when we humble ourselves and pray, God does powerful things. And so I'm praying that I just stir up a hunger in you this morning and activate you to get out there and do something. You know, we uh, had a board meeting at the very end of the year. Our board is amazing, and we're so grateful. They're from all of our communities. They come and they serve, and and we were breaking down many different things and talking about many different things. But at the very end, we invited the spouses to come along because what we wanted to do was take a few hours to just get on our knees and pray for the church and pray for what God is doing and seek his face and ask him for direction and say, God, where are you going with Liberty Church this year? What are you speaking to us? And there was a few significant words that we heard. We, we heard that this is going to be the year of abundance. And I mean, you get excited. You're like, I like that word. What does that mean exactly? I want abundance in things, right? I mean, it's exciting. And see, anytime we get a word like this, it's for the individual, but it's also for us corporately as the church. So we heard the word abundance. Oh God, this is going to be a year of abundance and where we see things overflow that maybe have felt like they haven't been overflowing in our lives. And we're believing that for you. It's also, we have heard, we heard it's the year of breakthrough where things have maybe felt, see, a lot of things maybe have felt held back in your life. Can anyone confirm that? That maybe things have felt held back or maybe like they're not overflowing. I think those two words go together. Abundance, breakthrough. And we get excited about those words. And we also heard that, you know, that um, this would be a year of new beginnings. I don't know if you know this, but You know, we are about to have our seventh anniversary, which means we have finished our seventh year of being a church. We're stepping into our eighth year. And seven represents the year of completion. So there, God spoke to me and said, you know what, Andy, you have finished one chapter in Liberty Church. I was like, just one? (laughs) You know, in seven years. But it's, you know, a chapter is closing and new things are about to begin. And so there's going to be new things that are going to be springing forth, new things that are going to be happening, new life, new things that we will see maybe that have been underground. So as you get the picture of what this year is, that's for you as an individual, but also for us as the church, as a church. Now, what's interesting about words like that is that you hear that and you're like, that's great. Now, I just literally gave you all a prophetic word for your own lives. So what are you going to do with it? Because oftentimes what we do is we sit back and we're like, okay, God, perform that now. Do that. Well, sometimes that's what he asks us to do. Having done all you can do, just stand, right, and watch God move. But other times when we are given a prophetic word like that, we have to partner with it. So when you hear abundance, you have to be on the lookout for abundance and being grateful when it comes and celebrating, going, God, you are pouring out your abundance, even if it seems like a small little bit has just come over the edge in your life. We've got to be praising God and grateful and thankful. We've got to partner with breakthrough. See, tomorrow we're going to start praying and getting on our knees and fasting. What breakthroughs do you need? You can't just write them down and go, okay, no, partner with breakthrough. That word is my word. Abundance is My word, new beginnings is my, where do you need a new beginning? Where do you need resurrection in your life? And how can you partner with it? Sometimes we stand, and only you know when it's time to stand and watch God do something. And other times you need to partner with the word that he gives you. You know, there's a quote I want to share with you. And this year I'm more resolute than ever to live this quote. You know, it says, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. 
Aim at earth and you will get neither. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. Leave that up there for a minute. That is prayer right there. In a nutshell, it is prayer. And I am more resolute than ever of how deeply I need God. And I need heavenly solutions, not earthly ones. See, what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. But I know that my life needs to be aimed at heaven so that I can know his will in heaven and bring it to earth. I don't want to aim at earthly things. I want to aim at heavenly things and see them manifest on earth. But that starts in prayer. It's interesting to me when you think about it that all of humanity, whether they know Jesus or not, think about this. All of humanity has an instinct to pray, do they not? Okay, we go through a massive world event. It doesn't matter if they know Jesus or not. Everyone is hashtag prayer, right? Hashtag pray. It doesn't matter. If there is a massive world event or something that happens where trauma is brought or we see something, everyone is hashtagging prayer whether they know Jesus or not. Your friends that don't know Jesus, more often than not, if they're going through something and you say, hey, can I pray for you? What are they going to say? They're going to say yes, even if they don't know Jesus. So think about it. Even for you, maybe you've been hard on yourself. Maybe you've been thinking, you know what? I watch other people, and they're the prayer warriors. They're the intercessors. I'm not on the prayer team. I don't know how to pray. What's great is Jesus teaches us how to pray, and we're going to break that down this morning. So you can be equipped to tomorrow to go, oh, these are literal things that I can do every single day to pray, and Jesus just showed me how to do it. And so what's so interesting, though, is when we look at this, we look at the world, and we see that we are created to worship. We are actually created to worship by our creator to be in relationship with him. That's why it says he's placed eternity in all of our hearts, doesn't it? And so every single person, whether they know Jesus or not, eternity is in their heart. You, if you are in here and you know Jesus, you have a relationship with God, eternity is in your heart and you are aiming at heaven. There is something, there is a longing in you and maybe you haven't figured out how to satiate that or satisfy it. Because the thing is, what often we do is that longing that is within us It depends on what we fill that longing with, right? We often fill our longings with earthly things before we fill them with heavenly things, right? If we can be honest here today. I love what Matthew 5, 4, and 8 says. Matthew 5, 4, and 8 says this. What delight comes to you when you will wait upon the Lord, for you will find what you long for. Okay, just think on that for a moment. What have you been longing for? What have you been looking for? What have you been trying to fill your thirst and your hunger with? I love that it says, when you wait on the Lord, everything that you long for, everything that you long for is fulfilled in him. Because, and then it says, what bliss you will experience when your heart is pure, for your eyes will open to see more and more of God. Don't you love that picture? Your eyes will open to see more and more of God. Okay, think about it this way. God has not gone anywhere. God is omnipresent. But there are more mysteries of him to be revealed. There is more facets to God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, that they, they're just longing to go, hey, come and sit with me. Come and wait on me. I want to reveal myself to you. I want to reveal my will and my plans. But you know what? You've got to sit and be and take time and be still in my presence. Plan for it. Make time for it. And he wants to reveal mysteries to you. Mysteries in heaven to be unlocked and loosed on earth. Richard Foster said in his book, Celebration of Discipline, To pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. Ouch. (laughs) The closer we come to the heartbeat of God, the more we see our need and the more we desire to be conformed to Christ. Isn't that just the truth? When you taste that living water, like the woman at the well, When she was longing and looking, everyone was looking for the Messiah. And when she met him and he said, I am that living water. I am living. I'm not just water. I'm living water. When she tasted that, not only did she taste it for herself, she went out and told the whole town and they came back and they met Jesus. But think about it. The longings that we're looking for, if you read that, oh man, the more we come closer to the heartbeat of God, the more we see our need and we desire to be conformed and changed more like Christ. Prayer will do that. 
But if you think about society, the society that we live in today, it's a society full of misplaced worship, right? So once again, we are all created to worship God, but much of our worship is misplaced. See, we're placing it somewhere. Our worship is going somewhere. Even your worshiper as a follower of Jesus Christ is going somewhere. But because of our cultural captivity, even in the church, we're captive to culture sometimes and we forget, man, we are first created to be in relationship with God. We are first created to put him first and long for more of him. But because we're captive to the ways of this world often, we don't do that first. But we have to become aware so we can go, I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to seek after God because prayer is amazing. Prayer is in direct correlation to our relationship with God. It's communion and communication with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love that Jesus not only made a way for us to be reconciled and have relationship with God, but gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. And in prayer, what's amazing is we get to come as sons and daughters. We don't have to come striving. We don't have to come like, we get to come as children of God, as his kids, And you know what, maybe for you, when you hear the word kids, you're like, well, I didn't have a relationship where I could just easily come to my mother or come to my father. You know, God is a good father who longs that you would just come to him as a son or a daughter. And if you're going, well, I don't know how to do that, he wants to show you how. He wants to tell you what your identity is as you come to him. What's amazing to me in prayer, too, is that we actually have authority. We literally have the ability to change things here on earth with God. Is that mind-blowing to you? That our prayer can actually shift situations. That we can see things going on, and God goes, I give you authority to come to me and pray in line with my will, and you can see things turn around here on earth as it is in heaven. But you have to be willing to come, right? We'll break that down later. And, and a lot of times we don't because maybe we feel like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. We over-mystify prayer where, you know what? He just wants you to start talking. And he wants you to sit there and listen. You're his kid. So wake up a little bit earlier and turn on some worship and just sit there in his presence and go, do you want to say anything to me? And you know what? You don't have to have a special voice in prayer. Did you know that? Sometimes we have special voices in prayer. Sometimes we get really pumped up and yell and get excited. Other times we're just chatting with God like I'm talking to you now. And that's as simple as it is. I think we over and mystify it. So let me demystify it for you a little bit. Because what we do is we think, well, I can't hear God. Anyone ever said that? Well, I can't hear God. I don't hear God. I don't hear the voice of God. I'm not really sure what to do. But I love that Jesus, when he teaches us how to pray, and I'll break down this scripture in a moment, he says, when you pray. See, that's the name of this message is when you pray. See, when you begin to follow Jesus, Jesus, there's an assumption that you're going to pray. It's not like if you pray. That's not what he says. When you pray. Because he's going, this is relationship. I made a way for you to have relationship with the Father. So when you pray to him, because why wouldn't you? And you are a child that is dearly loved. Why wouldn't you come and pray? He says when you pray. He assumed that we would be active in prayer. But many of us stop because we don't think we can hear God, or maybe we're not sure if he's listening to us because maybe we haven't seen breakthrough or change in circumstances in our lives. Well, we're all made differently. Let me just, before I go into um, what Jesus said and how he teaches us how to pray, um, let me just tell you something. We're all designed differently. Isn't that, that, that's a relief actually. Because what we often do is we see someone who is a great prayer warrior or intercessor or someone who moves in the prophetic and is like, oh, I have a word for you. Oh, you're like, I don't have a word for anyone. And, you know, and you're watching these other people and you compare yourself to them and then you never get started. Or you're like, okay, there's a prayer meeting, but I don't want to come because will they expect me to pray? Do I have to say something? No, absolutely not. Just come and be on your knees in the corner or stand there and watch everybody or whatever it is you want to do. The thing is, is we don't move forward in prayer because we are looking to the left or to the right instead of looking to God and going, how did you make me to hear you? What's our really, because this is about relationship with the Father. He loves you. He wants communion with you, but he's also given you authority to change earth for heaven's heart, like that heaven's heart would be released on earth through you. So think about this. Okay. I'm going to give you six ways that you can hear from God. And, you know, I'm just going to tell you straight up, Havila's got a great thing on, I don't even remember what it's called. She taught it and she is free. If anyone can tell me by the end of the service, thank you. 
Someone Google for me. Go ahead, get on your own. <laughs> but I want to tell you what that's called because Havila does a great teaching on how we're all very different and we hear God differently. And it's very empowering. I just wrote down a few ways that we can all hear God, okay? Number one, we can all hear God this way, the word of God. What? Guys, there's been a Bible here all along. <laughs> but seriously, I think we're going, oh, I can't hear him in prayer. I don't, I'm not listening. He's like, I have written letters to you. And they are amazing, and they will change your life if you would read them. I think sometimes, too, when you read, like, these scriptures, people are, like, looking for the answers. What does God say about this? I'm like, it's literally all in there. <laughs> and there, see, can, can I just stop for a second and say, we actually, with all that we have access to right now, I, I think... I thank God for things like, is it version? version is what Craig Rochelle, is that what they came up with, that Bible app? I'm like, guys, we can be like, we can get notifications every day of what exactly we should be reading. And even on the subway, underground, we can read it. Like, if you don't want, and I'm still a paper Bible person. Anybody else, just old school? Maybe it's because I was born in the 70s. It's still, I'm old enough to want the paper. But, um... But we have so much access to Bible reading plans and different ways we can break down the word of God. And see, this year I've decided I, I got a new Bible. It's the Passion Translation, and it's only Psalms, Proverbs, and the New Testament. There's a Bible reading plan in the back of it to go through the whole New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. I was like, I'm going to do that this year. You can start something today. You can start something tomorrow during prayer and fasting. You can Google Bible reading plans. I mean, you guys, the word of God is alive and it's active and sharper than any double-edged sword to cut through the sword, to, to cut through everything. Sorry, I forgot the rest of the scripture. I need to read it. Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> Remind me. But what I'm saying is, is, oh, man, the word of God is so good. And he can speak to you through that. So if you've been hard on yourself thinking, I can't hear God, just read his word. He wants to speak to you. The second thing is this, like I said, we're all different. So some of these, they may not speak to you. Some of you maybe see visions and dreams, like you see pictures before you. You may be in worship and you'll start to see something that is a picture in your mind's eye that God is showing you. Maybe you have vivid dreams. Almost every single night I have dreams and I write them down. Some of them was too much pizza the night before. Others really mean something, whether it's warning or direction. And that's just how God speaks to me, but not everybody's like that. And Havilah does talk about these things, about the feelings. Like, you just feel it. You know. You walk into a room, you feel an atmosphere. You feel it. You know where you're supposed to go. You know what you're supposed to do because you feel it. For other people, it's a knowing. You just know. And Havilah said, that's her. She goes, people think I'm not very spiritual because they're like, her husband will be like, well, how do you know? She, I don't know. I just know. That's what God didn't say it. I just know it, you know? And it's a knowing. Some of you have a knowing. And others of you, maybe you actually audibly hear God. You hear God in different ways. And others of you, maybe it's seeing, seeing in pictures, or you need to draw or journal because you have to see what God is saying. It's different for all of us, but however we hear, however you see, however God speaks to you, you're all different. You're, uh, do you know he knows exactly how to speak to you because he really enjoyed making you in your mother's womb, and he knows exactly how to get to you? So don't, there, some of, for some of you, there's a wall there in prayer, and you know what? Okay, we're just going to stop for a second. How many of you have a wall in prayer feeling like I can't hear God? I don't, I like I'm, I actually am stopping from praying because I believe that there's just, there's a wall there. And it's literally, that's what you feel. Anybody brave enough to raise your hand? I just want to pray for you right now. Okay, great. There's a few of you. Okay, so just close your eyes. I don't want you to picture the wall. <laughs> okay. Now just say, oh, we're just going to pray together. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you have the ability to tear this wall down. And so right now, I just ask for every person that sees that wall in front of them, that in a way that you would break it down for them, whether that's with a jackhammer or with your big toe because you are God, you could do whatever you want, or hitting it with the Bible or just speaking to it and it coming down, I just command those walls to come down right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you that right now, God, you would release the ability for them to not just hear you, but enjoy your presence and know how they are innately made by you for you. And so, God, I thank you that those walls will come tumbling down. And even through the fast, God, they will be blown away at how you're speaking to them through your word, how you're speaking to them through signs, wonders, and miracles, how you're speaking to them through pictures, how you're speaking to them in multiple facets and ways. Open their ears and their eyes and their hearts to hear you how you made them to hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen to me. That may have seemed like not a big deal, right? I want you to actually come into agreement with the fact that God just tore a wall down for you. 
because God can tear a wall down because guess what? He wants to get to you and speak to you. So what your job is now is to hold on to that truth. Okay, God just tore a wall down. We are going to have a good time together. I'm going to hear God. And you just, however you need to encourage yourself, do it because that prayer just took place. God wants to be with you. He made a way through his son Jesus. So we're invited to par- participate with him. We're going to read the Lord's Prayer. Do you think that's a good idea? I think the Lord's Prayer is probably the place to start. Um, so I'm going to read to you the Lord's Prayer because it's so beautiful and so simple and so empowering. So I want you to think about it in this way. You're going to start fasting and praying tomorrow. I know I'm assuming and saying you all are. You Some of you are like, I'm not. <laughs> okay. But um, I'm just, I believe that you all are. <laughs> And so with that assumption, what's really great is this is a roadmap that you can even use every single day as you pray. Isn't that cool? So I'm literally equipping you to go out there and pray with God starting today, tomorrow, every day for the rest of your life. So this is what he says to us in Matthew 6, 5 through 15. This is what Jesus, how he taught us how to pray. Whenever you pray, whenever you pray, be sincere. Okay, that's good. So you guys, first of all, you don't have to fake it when you come to God. That's really a relief, is it not? We just get to be sincere. We get to be us. We get to be a hot mess or totally put together. Wherever you are, anywhere in between, just be sincere. On that day, at that time, at that moment, be sincere. And not like the pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying before others in meetings and on street corners. See, even some of you, you're like thinking of those people in prayer meetings where you're like, I am never praying in a prayer meeting because they're loud. Some, that's not necessarily because they love attention. Well, maybe some do. But, but for some people, that's just how they pray. They're just so excited. But he's just saying, just be yourself. Believe me, they've already received um, they've already received in full their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone. That could be your closet, literally, in New York, because where is our innermost chamber in New York City? <laughs> whenever you pray <laughs> and go, <laughs> go into your innermost chamber and be alone. I love this, because this is about like hang time with God, quality time with God. Be, um, be alone with Father God, praying to him in secret. And your father, who sees all you do, will reward you openly. Isn't that a beautiful picture? He's like, when you come with me alone, I'm a good father, and I have so much fun rewarding you out in the open. What a, like, what a sweet, like some of you need to even change your paradigm of God. He's like, just come hang, hang out with me, and I'm going to bless you so much that everyone's going to see it. Isn't that beautiful? And so um, it says, when you pray. So this is the whole title of the message. Once again, the assumption. Jesus is like, when you pray, because you're going to be praying, right? When you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases. Even that's interesting. There's no need to repeat empty phrases, praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. There is no need to imitate them. Since your father already knows what you need before you ask him, pray like this. Okay, so then he's like, now, don't worry, I'm going to show you how. I'm going to read um, the prayer in two different translations because this is the Passion Translation. Then I'm going to read it in the NIV because that's mainly how we've all heard it, and I'm going to break it down from there. This is in the Passion, though. It says, Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as provider of all that we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. And when you pray, he says it again, and when you pray, make sure you forgive. He just puts this one in at the end. Okay. Make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your father withholds forgiveness from you. No one wants to read that part of the Bible. I'm just going to leave that there. Okay, Matthew 6 through 9, 9 through 13 in the NIV. In the NIV. And isn't that funny? We get mad at pe- like pastors when they say those things. I'm like, I didn't say it. Like, I'm just, it's what the Bible says. It's what Jesus, Jesus said. Um, So this is the one that you've probably heard before or something more like this. Or, you know, maybe your grandma had this on something in her wall, embroidered. And maybe you do too. Do you know what I mean? This is like, I love this prayer. It's so rich. And we should embroider and put it on our walls too for the generations. Someone, I seriously, if someone can embroider, I'll take it. I'll put it on my wall. Um, I'll pay you for it. Okay. 
<laughs> this then is how you should pray. Okay, this one's a little bit more straightforward for those who are like, please, too many words, okay? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Isn't that interesting? It's assumed. <laughs> and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So let's just break this down really quickly before we bring this to a close and do something um, active in the service. Are you guys excited for that? Okay. When we pray, number one, super simple. Number one, when we pray, we're just breaking down the Lord's Prayer. I'm not making anything up. This is not Andy's 10 steps to prayer. It's Jesus' steps to prayer. We come with honor, glory, and reverence. You know what? That is the best way to start in prayer. As you come and you sit in your Father's presence, and you just take a moment, however you work. Maybe you need to picture him. Maybe you need to turn on some worship. Maybe you need to light some candles because you need some good smells. I don't know if you're auditory or if you're, you know, you need your senses to be heightened, whether that's with, you know, smells or whatever that is. You know what you need. Maybe you just need to keep it simple. And you just come and you start speaking. And you start saying, God, I'm just so grateful that you made a way through your son, Jesus. I just stand in a holy awe that I get to come to you as a son, as a daughter, that you allow me to sit in your presence is too wonderful for me, that you let me partner with you, I am blown away, that you would let me ask you what your will is here on earth, that God, I just, I'm blown away, that you made me, that you give me breath, I don't know what it is, what are you grateful for? Come with gratitude to God, come and just glorify him and put him in his place. Because often what we do is we, we just shoot out our needs first, don't we? Hi, God. Okay, I only got a few minutes, so I got to let you know. Here's all the ten things that I need. I got to go to work now. Bye. Right? But when we do that, we're not grateful for who he is. And when we do that, our needs come first rather than the one who is our provider, the one who's going to change our lives, the one who did change our lives. So we've got to come to him and just see him for who he is. Otherwise, we get fixated on our needs rather than fixated on his greatness. And remember um, when I talked about reconciliation, since we are those, 2 Corinthians 5, since we are those who stand in holy awe of the Lord, since we are those, just stand in holy awe of him for a moment. That's the best way to start. Okay, so that's where we start. We're sons and daughters. We get to come boldly to the throne. Number two, when we pray, we pray his kingdom come and his will be done. We pray his kingdom come and his will be done. Now, this is interesting. I love this. That is so empowering. And that means that there are things that have not been unleashed in the heavenly realms onto earth that we can ask him to bring down here. Does anyone else think that's amazing? And Jesus is going, hey, what do you want to see? Ask me. See, problem is, number one, we don't read his will. The Bible is our last will and testament. It is our inheritance. It is his will. So if you're going, I don't know what the will of God is. Well, it's all right there. His will is in there, his heart for humanity, that none would perish, the salvation of our city, that people would be reconciled to God. I mean, there you go, that's his will. And that's just, those are all things that are in the Bible. If we read his will, then it's easy to pray his will be done. Also, do you know what? We just don't ask. We don't even ask him. God, what is your will in this situation? What is your will for Liberty Church? What is your will for the Upper West Side? What is your will in my workplace? What is your will? How do you want to see your kingdom manifest here? Okay. However you see it, hear it, taste it, smell it, however you hear from God, write that down and then go, okay, here's what I want to see, God. I'm going to partner with your will. I want to see your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, in line with what you have said to me. That's exciting. Do you know you're going to start to see his will manifest on earth in your life and all around you if you just partner with his will and pray it onto earth? Jesus, like, told us exactly what to do. But I don't know how to pray. Well, number one. Just come and glorify God. Number two, ask what God's will is for this season, this situation, for whatever, wherever you are. I love this. I love this. And isn't it interesting, even Jesus at the very end of his life in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? Not whose will? Not my will. But yours be done. Often we're praying, here's my will, God. Here's my will. Can you make that happen for me? Right? Even Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done, Father. So we have to get on our knees to go, Father, what's your heart? And how can I pray in line with your will? 
And I love that. I love Jesus shows us the way in his whole life. He shows us how to follow him. It's so amazing. Richard Foster also said this. You ask and do not receive, but because you ask wrongly, to spend it on your passions. That's James. Thanks, James. And James was a brother of Jesus, y'all. So half-brother. He, he hung out with Jesus. He grew up with Jesus. And he's like pretty intense if you read. I love James, man. I like him a lot. To ask rightly involves, this is beautiful. To ask rightly involves transformed passions. This is so beautiful. In prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him. To desire the things he desires, to love the things he loves, to will the things he wills. Isn't that beautiful? That as you pray, God's desires actually become yours. His will actually becomes the will you long to see on earth. Isn't that amazing? So if you feel like you're at, you know, at odds with God when it comes to your will and his will, maybe just get on your knees and go, God, I want to come into alignment with you. And I want my passions to become your passions. Number three is this. We acknowledge God as provider in prayer. We acknowledge God as provider in prayer. I think it's interesting that this is an each day prayer we can actually pray. Give us today our daily bread. Sometimes we're so worried about tomorrow's bread or next year's bread that we forget that God knows everything that you need today. He says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. Look at me. I am your provider. Acknowledge me as your provider. You are not your provider. I am your provider. And so when we come into his presence, we can acknowledge him as provider. We can ask him to take care of our daily needs. And guess what that does? When we just can start to live in a way where like, I actually know you see every day, God, and I know you're my provider, and all I have to do is pray for today's bread that you're going to take care of that, it dispels worry and fear out of your life because you know he's got your back. He is a good father, and he is a good provider, and he will cover you in that area. The fourth thing is this. We ask God for forgiveness. We ask God for forgiveness. I, I love this. We don't start by forgiving others. We start by coming into his presence and asking for forgiveness ourselves, right? So it starts with us. We come with a tender heart and say, God, Forgive me for my malice. Forgive me for my pride. Forgive me for my judgment. Forgive me for my sharp tongue. Forgive me for my gossip. Forgive me for my slander. Forgive me for whatever it is. Forgive me, God, first. Right? Because often we're like, I need to forgive everyone so I can be set free. It's like, no, actually, you, God made a way for us to be in his presence, and he cleanses us of all unrighteousness. And it is a beautiful thing to confess your sins and let the darkness into the light. It transforms our lives. So ask for forgiveness and then forgive others as we have been forgiven of our debts. So that's what we do. We come into his presence. The fifth one is this. We pray for strength to walk away from temptation and deliverance from evil. We pray for strength to walk away from temptation and deliverance from evil. Okay, to be clear, God is not our tempter or our accuser. He does not tempt us. We may walk through testing sometimes because he's checking our hearts, but he does not tempt us. And he is not our accuser. And God always gives us a door out of temptation, doesn't he? It just depends on if we're going to take that door or not. There is always a door out of temptation. That's because he's a good father, always. And he is our great deliverer. So he is saying, just pray for strength that when temptation comes, you will see. Because we will, there is temptation in this world because the accuser is in this world. And the tempter is in this world. It will come. That does not mean you are a bad person. You are a child of God. He has given you a door out. This is such good news. But we have to pray, God, give me strength and eyes to see that door out. And may I walk out that door. But that's my will that I've got to ex execute. But then also be my deliverer, God. When, there, when I'm ensnared, when things are all around me, when the battle is raging, be my deliverer. And I love Psalm 91. I'm going to read it over you. And some of you need this word this morning. You need to cling to it through the fast. Psalm 91, 1 through 8. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Guys, that denotes prayer. That denotes presence. That denotes sitting with him. will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone, he alone is my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom I trust. For he will rescue you from every trap. Isn't that so good? He's your deliverer, your rescuer. Rescuer. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you 
with his feathers and shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises for you are um, your armor and protection. Do not be afraid. You guys, some of you have night terrors. Oh, man, I just want to stop and pray over everyone this whole message. Okay. But I have a certain amount of minutes, and there's something I want to do. And we have a prayer team afterwards, right, Lale? Okay. Some of you with night terrors need prayer and deliverance from that. Okay, and this is going to be your scripture, so we'll pray for you at the end. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the dread the, dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday, though a thousand fall at your side. So you've got to read the word of God. These are his promises. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and, s- and see how the wicked are punished. End. Sorry, I ended on that. Boom. There's more. It's beautiful. Um... What I'm saying is he's your great deliverer. He's your rescuer. He has got you covered. But you know what? You come into his presence. And so when you pray, okay, let's just go through this really quickly. So when you pray, honor and acknowledge God. Pray his will and his kingdom come. Trust in his daily provision. Ask for and give forgiveness. Walk out the door provided away from temptation and seek deliverance from the deliverer. I mean, Guys, if we prayed like that every day, our whole world would change, would it not? And it's all right there in the word of God. And you are not alone in prayer. You are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 15 through 18, if you love me, Jesus is saying this, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. When you receive Jesus and you follow Jesus, guess what? You get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter what your upbringing or background is said. Some of you are so worried about speaking in tongues. You know, we can pray for that too if you want to pray in the gift of the Holy Spirit. But guess what? You got given the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You just may need to stir up that gift within you a little bit. But the Holy Spirit is your advocate, the one that will lead you into all truth, that will remind you of the word of God that you read in that dark situation where you're like, I need to go back there and read that again. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me. You are not praying alone. You have the Holy Spirit. So fasting. Ha! Let's get there. So we begin to bring this too close. Now you know how to pray, okay? And Jesus just showed us, and I'm so grateful for that. But if you think about Jesus, when he was baptized, his identity was secure. God said, hey, guys, the one you've been waiting for, I am audibly going to say it right now, that's him. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And right after his identity was secure, guess what? He went into the desert for 40 days of fasting and prayer. And at the very end, when it says he was very hungry, The enemy came to him and tempted and tested him three times. And all of them were around his identity as the savior of the world. But he came out in strength, knowing who he was. And as he came out of that fast, signs, wonders, and miracles followed him everywhere. And his ministry began. I prophesy over you that you are going to step into this fast. And your identity will be made more secure than you will ever know. But you will see an onslaught of signs, wonders, and miracles following you as you get on your knees and sit in the presence of God. Is that not amazing? It will happen, but you must partner with it. So when you fast, I love this. Jesus says, when you pray, and then the next step, he's like, and when you fast. You're like, what? When we, isn't that a choice? Like, do I have to? So when you fast, it's an, he's like, I'm just assuming you're going to do this. When you fast, Matthew 6, 16 through 18. When you fast, don't look like those who pretend to be spiritual and post it all over Instagram. They want everyone to know they're fasting. So they appear in public looking miserable, gloomy, and disheveled. I can't believe I can't eat chocolate or whatever it is. Okay. Um, Believe me, they've already, this is interesting. Believe me, they've already received their reward in full. When it's like public, like, look what I'm doing. But when you fast, don't let it be obvious. But instead, wash your face and groom yourself (laughs) and realize that your father, I love this. It's all about the secret place. Your father in the secret place is the one who is watching all that you do in secret and will continue to reward you openly. Prayer is amazing. There's such beautiful reward, okay? 
So we don't do this because it's a good idea as a church. We do it because it's a God idea. And as we deny ourselves and we go into the secret place, we see God bring new beginnings, reward, abundance, breakthrough, transformation. I mean, it's amazing. So come expectant to God through this fast. Whatever you're fasting, whatever that is, just ask God, what do you want me to do? And then do that. You don't need to follow anybody else's example. Even my husband and I have different fasts. And it'd be nice if we did the exact same fast because it would really help each other. But we're not that nice to each other. We're obedient to Jesus. So do that. Be obedient to God. All right. So we need to watch and pray. I want to do something active with you right now. There's a scripture that does say watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation for the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. (laughs) Okay. We have to watch and pray. Why do we watch and pray? Yes, we pray in line with the will of God. We, we want to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we watch and pray because you know what? God is so kind to us that if we're watching, he will reveal to us assignments of the enemy and we can cancel them before they even take place. How good is that? So when we are alert, see, to watch and pray means that we're not falling asleep like the disciples did in the garden when Jesus was about to be taken to the cross. He's saying, wake up, church. Watch and pray, and you can change the game. So we need to watch and pray. We're going to do something active right now. I want you to open up in the yellow um, connect card that you have. There's just a three by five, a plain three by five card. I want you to grab that. So we're going to begin to bring this to a close, but I want to I do something with you. Watchman Nee, as you're getting that out, Watchman Nee said, in heaven, God's power is unlimited, but on earth, God's power is manifested to the degree that the church prays. What? Okay, can I read that again? In heaven, God's power is unlimited. But on earth, God's power is manifested to the degree that the church prays. Anyone feel a little convicted? Also, his name, he just gave himself the name Watchman. He took the watch and pray thing super serious. And if you, you guys, the sum of all things spiritual, like you should read, like Google some of his books, like order them during the fast. Those are good books. Um, to read. Also, Leonard Ravenhill said this, no man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. I know. That was my slap. And the people who are not praying are straying. Guys, I don't want to play church, so I'm going to pray. And I hope you don't want to stray, so I hope that you want to pray. And what I want to do right now so we're just going to take a moment in the last couple of minutes that I have before I pray for you at the end is I'm going to have you actually turn to your neighbor. I know you guys are going to have to talk to each other in church. So I want you to turn to your neighbor in a moment. I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. Ask their first and last name. And we're going to go old school. I know you have phones and you could write it down there. But I want you to write it on the three by five card, their first and their last name. Then if they are willing to share it with you, I want you to ask them what their greatest prayer need is. And then I want you to put this somewhere where you're going to see it, whether that's on your fridge or on your mirror when you're getting ready, so that during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, you commit to praying by name for this person. Some of you are going, I don't know what to pray for. I'm going to give you something to pray for. And if this is the only thing you pray for during the fast, it'll be that person. And you will be amazed as you see them in community. Maybe you need to take their phone number. Maybe you're going to have a coffee or dinner with them. Maybe you're going to start a relationship and friendship with somebody that you're sitting next to and you didn't even know as you pray for them and see their life change. I believe this moment could be significant, but I don't just want to equip you. I want to activate you. So I want you to take these next couple of minutes, and if you're not sitting by someone, go find someone that's sitting alone with their card. And if you need to put three of you together, If you're shy, it's okay. And if you're new to this, that's okay. I know if you came to church, you expected, maybe this is your first time in church for a while, you probably expected we'd be praying. So we want to just pray for you. And we don't want this to be weird. We want this to be awesome for you. Someone's going to pray for you. So just take a couple of minutes right now, first and last name, and write down one prayer need. And then I'm going to come interrupt you, so get it done, people. Okay? Someone pray. Sammy, why don't you and Jeff and do you guys know who I'm going to pray for for the fast? I bet you already know. Okay, she's Maxwell's on it. She's already doing it. Yeah, honey, everybody come on up. Yes, and then you guys at the end pray. Can you guys write something towards each other? Will you do that? Yeah. Was the rest of the team with us? Yeah. 
Worship team, you guys can come up, but the, everybody, you guys can pray for each other at the end, too. Go ahead. Keep going, guys. Keep writing it down. It's okay. Are you guys done? It's getting a little bit quiet. Go ahead. If you're not done, go ahead and finish it up. Keep talking. I love this. We're active in church. Your equipping center to get out there and pray. If you guys want to share phone numbers and emails, you don't have to, but if you guys want to be in contact with each other and maybe during the week while you're praying for your person, you want to send them a scripture that God has given you or a word that you feel God has given you. And you know what I love about this is you just have no idea how this really could change the game for you or that person. And so, um, yeah, I love this. So just keep writing it down if you want to. And I'm going to pray over you. Father, I just thank you for the church. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you ask us to pray. You know that we will pray, that when we pray, God, things change. So I pray over this fast, this time of us dedicating 21 days at the start of the year, where we maybe deny ourselves things that we really don't want to deny ourselves of, but as we deny ourselves of those things, we find pieces of you and mysteries of you are revealed to us and we are transformed in ways that we never thought we could be. God, I pray this fast. We would see healing in bodies. We would see miracles, signs and wonders in the middle of it all. God, I feel that I, I just pray that when it feels like we want to give up because we're too tired or maybe it feels like our body is detoxing and we're like telling ourselves, I got to eat something so I don't feel like this anymore or whatever it is that we would come to you and you would whisper to us and you would be our sustenance in this fast. God, we just thank you for that, that you satiate our hunger and our thirst and our desire more than anything else. And so God, be that for us. And may we be that for each other. I pray for great encouragement, that we would greatly encourage each other in this fast, God, that we would email each other and text each other and say, God said this about you to me. And I hope that encourages you and that it changes us. And so we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.